Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by WFHB and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. My name is Belle Chat Panarangsi. I'm a sophomore student from Bangkok, Thailand, majoring in international law and institutions. Today, we are here to speak with Rebecca about her work as a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer at the O'Neill School of Public and Environmental affairs in her new program called Activate O'Neill. So hello, thank you for making time for this interview once again. I'd like to start us off by asking if you could give us a little quick introduction about yourself. Yeah, hi, thank you so much for having me, Belle. Uh, My name is Rebecca Valeriano Flores. I'm the Director of Student Inclusion and Engagement at the O'Neill School for Public and Environmental Affairs. Uh, And I'm sort of the key point in the Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion at O'Neill. I started at O'Neill last fall, and that's the fall 2022 semester. I moved here from Chicago. I'm getting my PhD. I'm a PhD candidate at Loyola University Chicago, and my discipline is philosophy. And I'm also a research fellow at Loyola's School of Law. And while I was there, I ran a similar program uh, for that department, um, similar to to Activate O'Neill, which I'm running here. Awesome. So um, could you tell us more about any like any similar experiences with being, you know, part of the DEI office and any of your previous, um, you know, programs and or jobs? Yeah. So when I was at Loyola, uh, I created, I developed a program for students from marginalized groups. It was a little different than Activate, um, but kind of had the same concept. At the philosophy department, we really needed a way to to support our students from marginalized groups, and that's students of color, disabled students, and different groups of students, and actually not marginalized groups, I should say underrepresented groups in philosophy, which is a little bit different um, because our program also included white women. Um, And so the program started off as one-to-one mentorship between undergraduates and grad students. And then as it grew, it became sort of this three-pronged program that included support, sort of like academic support for undergraduate students, community building events. So there's sort of the more fun social events. Uh, And then it kept the one-on-one mentorship, but it was a little bit more tailored. It was for students who had particular projects, such as like a a research uh, based on, you know, research interests, if they had a research project or something like that. And so I had that role and was able to develop that program because a lot of my research in philosophy is on philosophy of race. It's on issues of decolonial philosophy and also educational uh, frameworks such as high impact learning practices, kind of taking that and then also my experience as a college instructor, I taught classes um, in the philosophy department to undergraduates. I was able to develop this this really great program um, that supported students and created a little community there. Yeah. Oh, no, that sounds really awesome and interesting. Um, For those, I guess we can do a little pivot and talk about your work here at IU. Um, So for those who are unfamiliar, what does the DEI office do on campus and what does your office take care of? Yeah. So the head office 
on on the IU campus is the is OVP DEMA, the Office of the Vice Provost for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs, which is going to change to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and the uh, the Vice Provost is James Winbush, and so they kind of do a lot of DEI work across campus, but O'Neill, the O'Neill School, has its own office of DEI. And it has taken a lot of forms over over the last few years. Um, but there's now since my I have been hired and then my colleague Rossio was hired last fall as well, it kind of has taken on a new look. We kind of have a new direction for the office of DEI at O'Neill. And so my role is student engagement and Rossio's role is uh, student recruitment. And so the reason why it's structured that way is because we kind of took a look at, we created a, the O'Neill strategic plan, and then also there's the IU strategic plan as well. And so a couple of the things that O'Neill wanted to develop is they wanted to increase retention and graduation rates for students of color because it was just a few points below campus average. And then they want um, our school to be more diverse. And that's Rossio's role to, to sort of bring in more students of color uh, to our campus. And so I do a lot of student support and student engagement. My role is completely student facing, um, which means I don't do DEI work for faculty and staff, um, even though I serve on committees and things like that. I primarily work with students. I see. I know that in your time here, you've implemented a pilot program called Activate O'Neill, which one of my friends is a part of. Well, a couple of them. And they've told me very good things about it. Could you tell us more about, you know, the purpose of Activate O'Neill and how you um, got to starting this program at IU? Yeah. And so I was hearing a lot from um, from people who work with students at O'Neill that there was a need to build community. There was a need for students to feel like they belonged there and really had a place there. Um, and so what I did was create a program very similar to the one that I created at Loyola. And here at the O'Neill School, it's um, a leadership program. So Activate O'Neill is a program that also has kind of these three prongs, leadership training, uh, community building, and then student support. And so the leadership training um, is mostly doing stuff like retreats, um, networking, uh, training students on how to do things such as um, update their resume uh, and that kind of support. I also try to match them with visiting visiting scholars and visiting professionals and alumni um, to kind of get that experience in um, develop networking and developing relationships. And then I had also students serve on a, an undergraduate student council that developed ideas that discussed issues and um, and solutions uh, to Dean Mooney this semester as well. And so in addition to the leadership training, we have these community building events. And so those are things where we really want to get students together to meet each other, to see each other um, together, because that's something that I think students were missing. Um, one, when I was reading the applications, I heard from multiple students, especially undergraduates, that they'll walk into a classroom at O'Neill, look around, and find that they are the only student of color or in the minority of, uh, of students of color in the classroom. And so once I got us all in a room together, 
that was for probably 95% of the students there, that was the first time they were ever in a room where they weren't the minority here at O'Neill. And I, that was, that's been a really important experience that I want for students just to see that there are other students like them who share their experience together. So that's the kind of community building aspect of Activate. And then the third aspect is student support. And so um, some students don't know about O'Neill's or IU's resources. Some students um, aren't getting enough help from those resources. So I do a lot of the things that existing departments at O'Neill do. So whether it's academic advising, um, personal support, bias reporting, and then also trying to um, get academic support for students, um, you know, trying to find them tutoring and things like that. Uh, And then I also help them apply for scholarships and fellowships. So I want it to be a really holistic program where students are um, getting support, but then they're also building community and learning new things to really strengthen um, strengthen their resumes, strengthen um, the them as as leaders. Yeah, I think that's really great, and I um, I appreciate how well rounded the program is, and how like you mentioned, you offered both support and also uh, the chance to build community, as well as you know uplifting um, student voices, um, students from marginalized communities as well, which is really great. Um, Yeah, so what are some future projects we can see from Activate O'Neill or um, have you ever thought about maybe even expanding um, maybe O'Neill-based projects to other um, IU schools or other IU campuses? Yeah, yeah. I think a leadership program, even though the pilot is happening right now, a leadership program like this will take time to develop. Um, Activate O'Neill is my primary focus in my role. So I really want to focus on developing it. And I think that will take two, maybe three academic years. So I'm kind of looking at it. Uh, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul um, because I really want to establish it as, as a good, solid program. Um, so just for Activate at O'Neill, What I want to do is I'm going to plan out the entire academic year over the summer. And one of our key um, experiences are these group trips. Um, So this semester, we took a group trip to Indianapolis together. So students from the Bloomington campus uh, got up at 8.30 a.m., piled on a charter bus, went to Indianapolis, and we had a really great experience there. Um, we went on a tour and we had workshops and so this time and a social event. And so this time we linked up with the Pacers Foundation and were able to hear from a panel um, from some of the Pacers executives. It was really excellent. We had workshops on um, we had a really fun workshop where students built their kind of elevator pitch and then we did a little role play for them to practice it. And then in the evening we had um we had our social activity was we went to Pacers game as the last Pacers home game of the season. So it's really great because a retreat like that traveling together builds bonds that I think are very, it's, they're much stronger than just building, um, building bonds or they strengthen our existing bonds that are, you know, in the time we spend on campus. And so next academic year, I would like to do the Indianapolis trip again. That was one day. And I'd also like to build out 
a multi-day trip where we can spend the night um, in a place like Chicago. I'm biased because I'm from there. Um, Chicago or possibly Washington, D.C. And we already kind of have Washington, D.C. programs. Um, but it would be very similar. Um, in, in Indianapolis, we also had peer and alumni engagement to kind of share their experiences. So in Chicago or Washington, D.C., I would like us really to engage in social activities, go on tours, um, kind of meet these key figures in the areas that students are interested in, the careers students are interested in, and engage with alumni, really get to know each other. So the, that is my big project. And so it's kind of all up in the air right now because it kind of, it depends on a lot of a lot of moving parts, a lot of funding, trying to you know locate all of that. In addition to that, I want to make it more robust as far as what we're doing on campus. And so this next year, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try um, setting up a sort of weekly meet for students. Um, and I'm not sure what that will look like. One thing that the undergraduate student council told me, so they met every week, once every week for about an hour, an hour and a half to, to do some planning, to plan a social event and things like that. And they told me that they really wish that other students had the same experience as them because they grew pretty close as friends. And it was amazing for me to see them grow closer as we kept meeting every week. Um, you know, they would suddenly it was no longer <laughs> awkward just sitting in a room together. They were really talking to each other. I saw them in the hallways together. They were together when we went to Indianapolis. I, I kind of want to have that, like provide, be able to provide a space for like that for students, um, in addition to creating a study hall to really strengthen student support for and with tutoring for classes that students struggle with a lot, such as those quantitative classes at O'Neill. And so one of my projects is going to be how can I create a space where students can come in weekly, um, build relationships together, um, maybe hear from speakers or do a workshop, but then also have at the same time going to study hall for students who need it. So kind of like asking students to what kind of support do you need? And let's get together every week consistently um, so that I can make sure students, um, you know, can have that support. It's all based on student capacity. So students don't necessarily need to come to come to Indianapolis. Students don't need to come weekly. But I find that those activities have really helped. Some of our students have really built communities. So that's the kind of thing that I want to be able to do next academic year. And so next academic year will also kind of be another pilot year, but I want to keep building over the next few years. Yeah, that sounds great. I look forward to seeing all those programs and activities being um, implemented and stuff like that. Um, so I guess we only have a couple more questions for you, but, you know, you touched on the importance of community and connection um, in, in your previous answer. And also uh, when you talked about, you know, the how and why you got uh, Activate O'Neill started, why do you think, in your personal opinion, it's important for institutions like O'Neill and IU to uplift and implement these types of programs um, on a broader scale? Yeah, I think that for for a lot of reasons, it's really important. Um, I think that, first of all, so graduation and retention rates are lower, not only at O'Neill, but I'm guessing that 
is the case in a lot of places, a lot of majority white institutions, students aren't getting support, students fall through the cracks because um, because the support doesn't reach them. They experience racism, uh, misogyny, transphobia, they experience all of that. And there are a lot of students who either drop out or at risk of dropping out. And, you know, it's hard because people put a lot of money into in into their education. And then also, you know, I, I really believe that education will benefit students, you know, regardless of what they want to do with that education. I it's hard because that that is sort of the first thing that comes to mind for me is that students will fall through the cracks. Students will think that they with imposter syndrome, I've heard from a lot of students that it is their fault that they're not good enough to be at the university, that they're too busy, that there are too many um, internal reasons um, why they don't belong there. And that's why they didn't succeed. Um, and what I actually think is happening is there are a lot of obstacles that don't have to do with the, with necessarily with the student themselves, um, but have to do with structures, uh, institutional structures that have racism at their core. Um, and a lot of those barriers are access to funding, so, so money, housing and uh, food support. Um, it has to do with race, <laughs> racism that they experience um, from faculty and staff and other students. Um, the sort of university can be a hostile environment for a lot of students um, or students, you know, like some of the students I've heard from feel like they don't belong there because they don't see other people like them themselves there. Um, and so programs like this are really important because we want those students to stay in. There are a lot of systemic issues in our society regarding race, especially. Um, and it is crucial if we want to see equity to be able to support and uplift our students from marginalized groups. Um, and I think that universe, just by virtue of students being in the, of marginalized students being in the university, the university changes itself, like ch changes um, as an institution. And that is really important anti-racist change that needs to happen, but cannot happen if we keep having students drop out, if we are not treating our students um, with the same, or we're not giving our students the same opportunities as as other as their white counterparts, um, if we want to see any change in the university system, that is crucial um, because it is a bigger issue outside of the university. But for me, because the university is such an important place for me, that's where it starts um, for me. And I really do hope. And this was actually I want to address part of your last question that I that I <laughs> that I forgot to address um, with activate and just thinking about. IU in general, um, I really do want to collaborate with other departments um, on a program like this so that we can keep expanding it. And so that's kind of a far future project, but I would love to, there are other leadership programs uh, across campus, whether it's at Lugar or, or um, the athletics department, um, they have leadership programs as well. And I'd really like to see, you know, where there can be collaboration. So. 
Yeah, um, I really connected to what you talked, what you said about, you know, by virtue of marginalized students being in the university, change can happen because um, I work at one of the culture centers and a lot of our activities are student based and like they're student run. And just um, from, you know, having that sort of community and space for um, students to connect with one another and talk about, you know, issues that they face, we were able to um, organize a community-wide rally on February 4th in response to the anti-Asian hate crime. So I definitely um, understand and relate to um, all of what you've said about, you know, how the importance of implementing DEI programs in O'Neill and on I and in IU and like in universities in general. Um, I think it's really important work what you and the DEI office are doing. Um, and on that note, um, how can students who don't identify with marginalized communities or maybe students who would like to become allies, how can they help achieve DEI goals and visions um, and or how can they help um, activate O'Neill on an individual level? Yeah, um, I think that number one always um for white allies means listening to the voices of, of students of color um, and not speaking for them, but um, but really uplifting their voices. I think that that is really important. Um, also, my door is open to all students. And one thing that I tell students, um, especially with bias reporting, I think that students, especially white allies, really need to educate themselves on what does racism look like in the classroom and among their peers. Um, that's kind of work that, that I think that they need to do on their own. That's not something necessarily that that I'm here to teach them or that um, other students of color are here to teach them, even though some of them might be interested in that. Um, I think that is an education that students need to do for that white allied students need to do for themselves. I also think that once they are able to educate themselves, really be able to recognize when they see it in the classroom or among their peers or in clubs and things like that, anywhere on campus and outside of campus. And if they see something to really not just be a bystander. I think really supporting um, students of color when they see something like that happen. And there's also bystander training to show you really how, like what is appropriate and how to do that. And then also please come to my office. If you see something, please come to my office and I can guide you on next steps as far as how to file a bias report, what happens when we file a bias report. Because I think that a lot of students who experience that may not report it and everything can stay anonymous um who who experienced it who's reporting it who's involved all of it can stay anonymous um there are different levels of support and 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 outcomes for that but i think that it's really important for students to do so that we can get at least at the very least gauge the climate at o'neill and at iu you know i tell students that when you file a bias report to the Dean of Students office, it does not mean that it will go anywhere beyond that. It's completely up to the student. Once they file a bias report, um, they the number one thing that they do is provide the student themselves support. It does not 
it is not reported to the um, to the faculty or the school. It is not reported out, you know, outside of anything unless it's a um, we are all mandated reporters. So if it has to do with sexual assault or abuse, that needs to be or domestic violence it needs to be reported. But other than that, it does not leave the dean, the dean of student support office. It does not go beyond my my confidence as well. Um, one, I want to make sure students get support. And two, I want to make sure that we have the receipts. <laughs> you know, even if nothing happens, even if nothing is expected to happen, I want us to be able to track that. I want us to be able to have a record um, so that we're really able to gauge, okay, what do students need um, here at O'Neill and here at IU? And so I really encourage you know, white student allies who want to be involved to really educate themselves on issues of race and how to how to how to be an ally and take bystander training and then always feel free to come to me um, if you're thinking about filing a buyer support or if you saw something um, that, you know, whether it's in the classroom or outside of the classroom that that you're unsure about or that you've feel is wrong or, or you're, yeah, like I said, you're just unsure about it. And so I think that that is, that's the advice that I would, that I would give to, to student, to white student allies. Yeah. Thank you. We are on to our last question. Um, if there is one thing you would like the listeners to take away from this podcast episode, what is it? Um, let me think about, that's a good question. Um, you know, I would say I would want to really directly address our community. So students of color, um, trans and queer students, disabled students, and say that there is a community for you here and support for you here. Um, I'm here at O'Neill. Uh, my door is open to, to students. And then just kind of uh, zooming in on O'Neill students as well. If you're an O'Neill student of color, um, please, please apply for Activate O'Neill. Um, we would love to have you, you know, it's all based on your capacity, but I want you to be able to meet other students. I want to give you the support that you need. And also we have a lot of fun. That's like my number one thing. If it wasn't fun, I would not want to do it. And so with Activate, I want to make sure that we're having fun, whether it's going to the Pacers game, students organized um, a field day where you know, all I needed to do was provide sandwiches and they played capture the flag. We have fun. Um, and that I think just that joy of having fun can really inspire students to want to take initiative and make their experience at O'Neill or at IU um, as, as best as possible. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's what I would leave with. Yeah, of course. No, it sounds it sounds super fun. And, you know, people are always more motivated to do things and or create a more joyous and accepting community if they experience that community themselves um, on a smaller scale. Yeah. So that about wraps up our podcast episode. Um, thank you to Arias Rebecca, who's doing very, very important work for um, O'Neill and the IU campus. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by WFHB Community Radio and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. 
Please stay tuned for our episodes in the future. This was Bell Chat Punnering C, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.